Frequency with which I'm meeting the term microdosing is increasing every day. So I decided to research this term from the scientific point of view. Hi, I'm Alex and this is the rabbit hole. Let's go down. Before we begin, I'd like to mention that all of the researches, all of the links to the researches and other materials which were used during production and uh, during this episode will be mentioned in the description of the podcast and also on the website alexandershore.wordpress.com. Feel free to use it. So, and right now, I'd like to begin the episode with the definition of microdosing. And according to the Google Almighty, microdosing is the action or practice of taking or administering very small amounts of a drug in order to test or benefit from its physiological action while minimizing undesirable side effects. So if we are talking about microdosing of psychedelics, here we are talking about psychedelic drugs such as MDMA or LSD or psilocybin, other known as mushrooms, and in that case uh, people are administering small doses, so less doses than the usual amount of the drug in order to receive different benefits which will be mentioned later but in order to receive benefits which increase their uh, desire increase their them wanting to socialize and uh, at the same time in decreasing decreasing the undesirable side effects such as withdrawal syndrome and so on. So first of all, who is microdosing and why is it so popular with every single day? So microdosing according to the research found on the internet in which were engaged 2347 participants, 59% of them were known with the concept of the microdosing and 17% were engaged before or at the same time they were engaged while uh, having uh, asked the questions about microdosing. And in the group of 17%, the mean, year, the mean age was 35 years and the age of uh, people who were microdosing varied from 18 till 99 years old. And continuing with the statistical analysis, uh, the most, the mostly, uh, the people who are engaged in the microdosing are people who are retired, and people who are from the tech industry. So essentially, tech companies and retired people. These people uh, who are engaged into the practice have high school diploma or higher, so high school diploma associate and or bachelor degree in the most. Their yearly salary is less than $50,000 per year. And if we're talking about which drugs they were microdosing, 48% it was LSD, 26% were psilocybin, and 11% it was MDMA. And continuing with the first research which uh, aimed on uh, the subjective effects uh, of the microdosing, the improvements in the somatic condition, which were shown by the people who were microdosing, showed as improvement in depression, so they, they were less depressed, 56-77% of people. Uh, improvements in anxiety, 40-61% memory increased, 
30 to 43 percent, increased attention and focus 44 to 66 percent of recipients, um, increased social ability 60 to 70 percent. Also, uh, when people were asked why they were uh, using microdosing and they, why they were engaging into this practice, it was for self-management of um, for mental health issues, improving psychosocial well-being and enhancing cognitive performance. And a little bit later we will review the research which uh, aimed on uh, showing the true potential of microdosing and uh, showing uh, the objective effects of microdosing, because the increased memory, I can spoiler alert, but increased memory was not the fact uh, proven by science, because uh, the memory was actually decreased in people who were microdosing in the double-blind placebo-controlled research. But anyway, if we're talking about effects of microdosing, one of the researches aimed for the psilocybins, they were providing people uh, with double uh, with double blind and placebo controlled trials so randomly they were providing people with 0.5 grams of psilocybin and they were uh, writing the noticeable subjective effects they uh, they were also uh, entering the results of the eeg and if we're talking about EEG, it was altered, EEG rhythms, without evidence to support subjective effects. And also, they were testing for creativity and cognitive functions. For that purpose, they used quite a lot of the questionnaires, such as Big Five Inventory, State Rate Anxiety Inventory, Short Suggestibility Scale, Positive and Negative Effect Schedule, and so on. Uh, the list is uh, pretty big, so you can find it uh, in the second link, which will be left in the description of the episode. So, the people were asked about positive emotions, negative emotions, anxiety, attention, absorption, creativity, perception, problem-solving abilities, empathy, memory, energy level, sleep, sociability, spirituality, openness to new experiences, connectedness, and use of the psychoactive substances before. So, if we're talking about effects of the mushrooms, they were testing binocular rivalry, so visual, visual perception, backward masking, so cautious visual perception, trial-making test, so attention and coordination, go-no-go, no go, so inhibitory control, and attentional blink, so attention and the throop test, which was inhibition. And if we're talking about the results of this placebo-controlled trial, which I actually like very much because it is placebo-controlled and also double-blind at the same time, and if I am not mistaken, it's a research from the nature, so it's a very, very good scientific journal. But anyway, the results of the self-reported for creativity was such as in the WK test for originality and less elaboration was in psilocybin group, so, so the test is for divergent thinking, less uh, for AUT originality test, also for divergent thinking, was for the psilocybin group, and more RAT time and score for the convergent thinking group. Also, the results were not quite uh, amazing, the difference uh, 
was, but the difference was not quite big. Also, in the perception and cognition increased the lag time in the psilocybin group, so essentially it took more time for people to take an action when it was needed. Also in the psilocybin group they were slower generally, and it was more errors in this group as well. If we're talking about electroencephalogram or EEG and physical activity, which were tracked using Fitbit bracelets, uh, EEG showed that local and global deviant is higher for the psilocybin group, and more activity time was in the psilocybin group as well, more activity time in the week totally. And if we're talking about the discussion of this research, uh, the people, the scientists, observed a trend towards impaired performance in some cognitive tasks, such as attentional blink and throop. In contrast, the overall acute effects uh, induced by the microdose, so the VAS score, were significant, uh, although they lacked consistency across the participants. Also, uh, the scientists found decreased EEG power uh, in the theta band under psilocybin, uh, which is consistent with the broadband spectral power reduction reported for higher doses. So, as we can resolve from the discussion point in this research, uh, there is uh, for sure, some somatic differences between people who took psilocybin and people who don't in the microdoses, but at the same time, uh, the results uh, lack of consistency, so the results are not the same for every single person who were taking or not taking the discrete drug. Also, if we're talking about benefits of microdosing which were self-reported, uh, self-reported is the problem because it's not objective, obviously, and also, uh, people subjectively may suppose that they are more creative, while at the same time uh, uh, it is only depending on their perception of the world, and perception of the world under psilocybin or microdoses of LSD is also a little bit under question mark. So, the self-reported results for the microdose of microdosers of 278 microdosers, which were taken from the research number 3, 26.6% reported improved mood, 14.8% improved focus, 10.5% improved energy, and 12.9% reported increased creativity. Also, the research number 6, which was actually the Reddit analyse, and uh, this research uh, have concluded that people are microdosing for cognitive and creative enhancement, for re reduction of depression and anxiety, for enhancement of self-insight and mindfulness, for improved mood and attitude toward life, improved habits and health behaviors, improved social interactions and interpersonal connections, and also for heightened sensation and perception. So the reasons why people are microdosing are lots of and lots of good ones, but essentially clinical trials, uh, this, the same clinical trials which you have right now, because the oldest clinical trial about microdosing which I have found is uh, 2019 only, so that's not very, not very so, not so long ago, a little bit before the COVID, and so uh, these researchers are very 
pretty young, let's name it so. And uh, the thing is that for now the subject isn't researched very much. So people um, could be taking all of it for lots of different purposes, but whether it's working the way they want it, it's uh, a big question. But for now we know the reasons why people are quitting microdosing, and in most cases, in two researches, it was 24 and 29.5% for illegality of the substances, so it's because the substances were illegal in their country, 22% supposed that it's difficult to obtain drugs and that's why they have quitted microdosing, 18% have uh, experienced physiological discomfort and so decided to stop, 6.7% has experienced increased in anxiety and 7.5% impaired energy. So essentially the solution for this problem, for most of this problem and uh, for illegality and difficulty to obtain drugs could be the fact that some countries, or in best case scenario all of the countries, would legalize uh, these types of drugs, such types of drugs as psilocybin, LSD, uh, weed of course, and uh, also MDMA, so people could microdose uh, as much as they want, and, be, and it would take off the illegality and difficulty to obtain drugs, and also at the same time it will reduce physiological discomfort and uh, in lots of cases anxiety, because for now people uh, don't know very precisely what is exactly in the drugs they were buying off the streets and that's why uh, in, a, in the lots of cases uh, the anxiety is uh, because of the second component of the drug which is uh, in the primarily drug and physiological discomfort also maybe because of that or because of the fact, uh, the same as anxiety, because of the fact that people don't know what uh, is in their drug bought on the street. Also, I have used my position, uh, my, my position to ask the psychiatrist opinion on uh, microdosing, and the psychiatrist's opinion was more to the negative side, and that despite decreased risk of side effects and effects of uh, decreasing such conditions as uh, depression for some people, and there is a well-known risk of addiction and withdrawal syndrome and uh, the most importantly the risk uh, of psychosis and uh, the risk that uh, these drugs such as uh, psilocybin, uh, MDMA or LSD will interact with other drugs uh, if we're talking about uh, psychiatry patients uh, with the clinically uh, no clinically known uh, depression, and uh, it, may, it may cause the psychosis risks even in the low doses. And uh, especially these risks are uh, uh, more higher, much more higher uh, in the people who already have symptoms of depression, anxiety, and for example personality disorders. And also same can, can be applied not only to the illegal street drugs, but also to absolutely illegal factory drugs like, for example, Adderall, Ritalin and Modafinil and etc. So essentially the drugs which are used to enhance the performance of the people and which are widely used by students all around the globe. So that's why she didn't recommend it, such an, such an experience and also the lack of uh, quality researches uh, available right now 
for the for, for doctors and for the scientific community still raises the questions about whether the microdosing is actually a good thing or a bad thing. But fun fact is that respondents who reported having tried the classic psychedelic at least once in their lifetime statistically have shown better health, have shown uh, less risk to being of being overweight compared to the normal weight, and also have shown a better heart health. But that's only as a statistical analysis the same as increased in the ecological ecological friendly products and uh, autism. The famous two graphs that shown that uh, increased diagnosing in children with autism and at the same time the increasing of production of eco-friendly production. Also, if we are talking about the microdosing, still if we are talking about microdosing, uh, focus of future researches will be on uh, multiple microdosing admissions and on cognitive parameters. So essentially, uh, what uh, scientists would like to know, first of all, whether microdosing actually works, because for now I have found only uh, and only two clinical trials about uh, the microdosing itself, with more or less adequately described uh, results. Uh, and uh, the thing which worries people, uh, which worries scientists and which worries doctors and uh, especially the psychiatrist I was talking about and psychiatrist I was talking to, uh, is that uh, people are very often using multiple microdosing admissions. So essentially they are microdosing not only LSD but also MDMA or psilocybin at the same time. So, so that actually raises the questions about safety, that raises the questions about uh, this being effective and whether it can lead to some uh, psychiatric or other disorders and uh, admissions to the, for example, to the psychiatry hospital because of it. So unfortunately, the results uh, which were taken from, from analyzing subreddits about microdosing is pretty interesting, but at the same time they don't uh, show any valuable uh, force for science results because uh, people are describing their subjective feelings and it may be objectively not so. Because, for example, person under heroin may suppose that he's much smarter than without the heroin dosage, but objectively it will be quite the opposite. So that's why these researches are needed, uh, these researches uh, will, be, will be done, I suppose, because uh, uh, this theme is uh, quite popular and because uh, young doctors, young psychiatrists and young, nar and young narcologists are graduating uh, every year and so they would need uh, some reference to to recommend or not to recommend uh, such type of experience. Anyway, uh, the personal experience uh, of the people who were trying uh, microdosing is such as uh, increased mood, is such uh, as uh, a little bit better with the depression, but also uh, the same as with everything. Uh, it is it was dependent on the dosage. It was de dependent on the people they are with, because uh, objectively speaking, if we would place these people into the company they prefer it maybe will show the same results. But anyway, my opinion on the microdosing is uh, 
more positive than negative. Of course, it's dependent on the person's own health and uh, whether the person would like to microdose or not. But I personally suppose that microdosing is uh, quite an interesting practice and uh, if it helps, then maybe it's a good thing to try it from time to time. But uh, for sure, I am uh, against uh, using microdosing every single day on a daily basis, just uh, the same as, the, for example, therapy against depression. But anyway, as you could have understand, uh, some report some reports show increased performance, but still microdosages are very vaguely researched. So risks and uh, real proven benefits remain, uh, for the most part, unknown. So try it if you'd like it. Do not try it if you don't feel like it. But I'm Alex, and I see you next time.